0: Welcome to the Toca Backstage podcast. Join Toca's Executive Director Chris Wolf, in conversations with the artists and people behind the scenes of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation's performances
1: and events. Welcome to another edition of Toca Backstage. This is Chris Wolfe, the Executive Director. It is my honor and privilege to be speaking with uh, Michael Landra, who will be uh, whose show. Uh, Ireland with Michael will be presenting soon Um, thank you so much for taking the time I certainly do appreciate it Uh,
0: thank you so much for having me I'm already uh, kind of annoyed that you're over in California enjoying what I hope is some sunshine while I'm in the middle of a blizzard here in Iowa
1: yeah I was I was actually just trying to uh, adjust myself so I wasn't like staring into the sun so I I do I do feel your your uh, pain there (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: Uh, I, uh, you know, Ireland is, uh, we have, we have very kind of dark winters, uh, but we don't have very cold winters. So um, I'm not really used to Midwest weather, nor will I ever be used to it.
1: So how did you end up in Iowa? Oh, it's kind of a long
0: story. Uh, um, You know, I came over uh, to the States 20 years ago with Riverdance. Um, I was the lead singer of the show on Broadway, stopped in New York, uh, stayed in New York and uh, gradually drifted west. Um, In a normal year, I would spend about six months on the road um, or be based in New York. um, And I spend a lot of time touring in Asia and Europe as well. So I'm a, a little bit of a nomad. Um, however, I do have a house here in Ames, Iowa, that uh, I come to occasionally. Uh, and during a pandemic, I, I uh, this is where I, I'm holed up for the year.
1: Um, and I hope everyone, uh, your friends, family, and loved ones are safe and well.
0: Yeah, everybody's grand. You know, um, I'm worried about my my parents, my elderly parents back in Ireland. Um, but they're grand, you know, uh, they're, they've got a nice support system there. And uh, so I'm not so worried. Uh, I'm just homesick as hell. I, in fact, I've never been as homesick. I'm lucky that I get to spend about five or six times a year in, in you know, where I am, where I'm from. Um, so this is, this is longer than I, I'm now at six months. I was there last um, September. Uh, we're shooting this uh, uh, TV show for, for PBS called Ireland with Michael and um, that was the last time I was there I was due to fly home about three weeks ago but because of the variants that are happening in the UK they've really shut down Ireland all over again yeah and um, I could go but it would mean a quarantine for two weeks before I even saw my parents and I'd only see them I'd only be allowed to see them outside of their house um, their the protocols are very strict uh, in Ireland and uh so it, I'm just gonna wait until April.
1: Awesome. Well, so, so if I understand correctly, I was I was doing a little research and you didn't start your singing career until your 30s?
0: Yeah, I was 30 31 before I got my first professional gig. I kind of decided when I was around 30, I was working um uh I was working uh in services for people who had uh Learning difficulties and mental health problems. I was a behaviour therapist, and um, I was running very specialist units um, in in Ireland and in London. And uh, I, I grew up in a in a very musical town, so I always had that huge um, uh, influence and interest in musical theatre and opera and in traditional music. Um, my all of my family are singers you know my mother had 11 brothers and sisters they all sing and sang Um, so I had no choice but to uh, but to be a singer and uh, I guess a few of my friends staged a bit of an intervention when I was like 29 or so and they said look sort it out and really I kind of didn't think too hard I said look at I'll give it a shot and luckily it worked out (laughs)
1: so I, I have you always so you've always had the sort of the passion for music or
0: um, you know I, I, uh, Irish people aren't passionate by nature we don't we wouldn't call it that I would never be passionate about anything because um, uh, that would require effort <laughs> and there's the secret to an Irish person's heart it's uh, but uh, it's we don't consider it a passion. It's just inert. It's just who we are. Yeah. So, uh, by and large, Irish people grow up with this, um, grew, grow up grew up and now to this day are surrounded by people who who where art is the norm. Art is part of your core. It is uh, who you are. So. You know, you learn about it, it's compulsory in schools, uh, traditional arts, and that's carried out into our culture because if you go out into a pub, you know, you'll, somebody will stand up and sing or, you know, and nobody, that's what you do in a pub. Um, Also those same people will go to theater or go in my particular town, we've got the National Opera House, um, which some of the special actually is filmed in. Um, and so we grew up where all of these famous opera stars would come to our town and they would sing, uh, a rare opera in the opera house and then come down to the pub afterwards. And you'll have my uncle Paddy singing a traditional Irish song. And then he'll say, now we'll have so-and-so from Russia who will sing us something from La Boheme. And that's the kind of culture that Ireland is, uh, um, passion not so much
1: i i will say i I was lucky enough to visit ireland with my mother a couple years back before she passed and that was one of the extraordinary things i did find was you could walk down the streets and go into any pub and there was live music and it was just it wasn't like here in the states where it's a ticketed event and or minimum drink, minimums. You just go in and it's there, and I yeah, I found that so refreshing.
0: Uh, I think uh, it's this. It's it's uh, not only our identity, but it's the secret to uh, everything about Irish people. Uh, it is our identity. We connect with with the arts in a very different way to other cultures. I think. Also, there's there's something very casual and. Uh, loose about it all so we don't we don't connect in a very serious way about our art how do, how do you mean it is just it's it's there it's like nature um it is a part of our world and we don't um as a result we i i don't think we take it as seriously um we are uh you know, we uh, Ireland is a product of its very dark and complicated history, and uh, we've learned a lot of things the hard way because of oppression um, and because of the results of opp- opp- oppression. You know, like uh, the the what what is traditionally called the famine of the 1850s, the Great Hunger. You know, it wasn't actually a, fa- a famine. Uh, It was an oppressed country being deprived of food. Um, And uh, at that time, our art was oppressed as well. So in the 1850s, during that time, uh, it was illegal to speak Gaelic. It was illegal to write poetry. It was illegal to go to school. It was illegal to own property. Um, So we've reclaimed a lot of that. um, And... Uh, and not not only did we reclaim it, but we reclaimed it even closer to our hearts because of that. Um, so so as a result of that op- oppression, our creation of art uh, was something that be- w- it was our identity. and uh, that's why we uh, we attach ourselves uh, much easier to it, I think.
1: And, and I'm wondering, do you think that, I mean, I, I know you don't call it passion, but that, that inbred yeah. sort of sense of, of music is sort of translates to the stage. And that's why perhaps Irish music songs and and shows are so popular here in the States.
0: I think that there, it's a combination of things. You know, I think that is certainly the case, uh, I think that uh, writers uh, in the 1800s and early 1900s started to kind of write in a different way as a, as an act of defiance, but also um, uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a sense of pride. There's a sense of pride about it. And so we wear our, we wear our creation, our, our, our creativity as, as a badge of honor. And because we're everywhere, uh, there are Irish people and, you know, I've been lucky, I've been able to sing in 60 countries or so. And no matter where I've gone, you know, there's that Irish community uh, that we, we A, were moved around the world um, back when we were ruled by, by, by England. But, you know, we exported ourselves around the world and... I think that's the key is that there's connectors everywhere. You know, there are probably around 40, 45 million Irish Americans here. Um, And while I don't say that's the reason why Irish uh, culture over here is popular, I, you know, that certainly helps. Um, Irish culture uh, hits a place in people's heart that is very um, natural. And even if you're Italian-American or wherever you you come from, there is a connection uh, that our music and our culture brings. I think there is an element to music that, you know, uh, it touches people's hearts. Um, For America in particular, there's a big connection between your original music here, um, uh, bluegrass, Appalachian music, country music here, very much rooted in, in Irish and Scots-Irish uh, tunes. A lot of your cowboy tunes are Irish songs with American lyrics. Um, and, you know, we, in the 1850s, and the kind of formative years of this country, there was a lot of us over here uh, uh, helping and being involved. So we created that world as well. Irish America is much bigger than Ireland will ever be you know and irish american culture while very different ultimately to what it is in ireland uh, is a dominant force it's massive irish american music uh, i mean it gave me a life which is a wonderful
1: and and you you were basically introduced to people in in the states and around the world in river dance at- and, and from what I understand, you were sort of discovered from your your time on stage in Ireland.
0: Yeah, I was. Yeah, so um, at that time, uh, I decided to try musical theater, and uh, I hadn't a clue what I was doing. Um, uh, but uh, I kind of, you know, learned how to perform songs. And the first kind of big show that I auditioned for um, was for a show called JFK, which. I had no idea what it was really. And it was in a very big theater in Dublin. Um, I got a lift on my 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 uh, dad's friend's lorry to drive me to the audition in Dublin. I walked in. I had been out late the night before, did a terrible audition, but uh, I had no idea that this was a pre-Broadway run of uh, by a very important team of people I don't know if you're very embedded in musical theater but you know uh, Bernie Jacobs uh, of you know the the uh, Schubert organization had put this together like Larry Fuller was the director you know uh, uh, there was like 13 Tonys in the in the line of people that I was singing to and sure I hadn't the clue and I sang and luckily I got the part uh, I had the cheek of singing being alive to them when I Honestly, I had no clue uh, about how I should be singing it. Uh, But it worked, and it put me into what was a very quick learning curve and uh, kind of sealed my fate, really. The opening night, uh, Bill Whelan was there. He was the composer of Riverdance, heard me sing. And, you know, the next week I got offered a job. um, And, uh, you know, uh, about six weeks later, I was singing (laughs) in Radio City,
1: which was just insane. That is, that's sort of a, you're right, that is a steep learning curve.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, a year prior to that, I had never sung professionally or anything. Or I mean, I had no notion of it. I will say, though, I, uh, it w- you know, I took to it very quickly and I c- very quickly realized that this was what I was meant to do. And uh, I felt very much at home, you know, downstage center in Radio City Music Hall. Which was uh, quite the start to a career.
1: <laughs> now, so Mike, what was the what was the the idea behind Ireland with Michael?
0: Um, well, over the past twenty years, you know, I've kind of evolved and changed as a singer. Um, uh, you know, I started producing a lot of concerts and theater around the world, and you know, now I have a a, a theatrical production company here, and we we. You know, we've uh, a couple of Broadway credits, we're, you know, developing a new, mu- actually an old musical, which has never been staged before, Summer Stock, the 1950s, Judy Garland, Gene Kelly, you know, we've just got the rights from Warner Brothers to develop that. Uh, and uh, so that's my big project for the next two years. But it, all the while producing shows, uh, you know, the heart of my business is I still love to sing and... Uh, and it's always connected to, you know, nobody's going to come to hear me uh, a program of Garshwin from me, uh, because uh, even though I can sing all that stuff, uh, nobody wants to hear me singing. Um, and, uh, you know, I've done a lot of PBS kind of shows over the years. Um, actually, uh, there's there's Celtic Woman. I was very involved in that, yeah. um, but. Uh, I wanted to, I didn't want to do another PBS special. I did a PBS special about nine or 10 years ago. And in truth, I didn't really enjoy it. It wasn't my thing. Um, But I've always wanted to do a regular TV show where I could just be a travel show host. You know, I kind of wanted to be Rick Steves. You know, I just thought it'd be fun. I love being a tourist, uh, particularly in my own country. And I, I, we have tours for people who come to my shows. I once a year. That's all because I haven't got time. Uh, and um, over the past year, we started filming this. And when I looked at it, you know, what I wanted to do was incorporate music into it because that's my language. It's the only way I know how to explain things. And I realised that I knew all of these famous Irish artists, and they were all friends of mine. So I essentially. Con them into being on my show and playing host to me in their part of Ireland. So, think of it as Drunk Rick Steves. It's me going to uh, great towns around Ireland and villages and sites, and being hosted by PBS. A lot of PBS artists that are from Ireland and and uh, uh, um, musicians and singers and dancers and artists, some writers that I admire. Uh, they're my hosts and uh, so we just finished season one that will go out in April and uh, it's still hilarious to me that I have a t- travel show but <laughs> it, it came out really nice and uh, I'm very proud of it uh, and what we are going to do we were going to actually start this this year is do a live tour essentially combining that travel show with my concerts so next spring we're going to do a national tour of ireland with michael as a travel show but it's a show it's a it's a concert special so we'll incorporate my travels in ireland we, we we're shooting season two this year and we'll we'll incorporate all of that with what i do on stage um and this uh special that's coming up uh that Tarrence is staging is is essentially it's a virtual version of that live show. Um, we've taken some pieces from the the new travel show. We've taken uh, a concert that uh, I filmed at the National Opera House, which is about half a mile from my home back in Ireland. And I've also asked a few guest artists that I want America, that America doesn't know about. And uh, I've asked them to perform for me as well. And. Uh, We've put together. It's really lovely show uh, that I think you'll you'll enjoy.
1: Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it, and and I know um, that uh, we we actually have we've done quite a few Irish shows in Torrance. One um, actually we were doing them live, but now now are doing virtual. We just recently did one with um, uh, called uh, Breakfast in Ireland. With uh, somebody you may know, um, Oshin from Teda. Um, oh,
0: so Oshin
1: from yeah. Teda. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oshin McDermott, a lovely, yeah. a great friend of mine. And I actually toured as a guest singer with Teda about 10 years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, so I know Oshin very, very well. And I know the band very well. They're great friends of mine. And uh, yeah, the last I can tell you exactly where I last saw him was in New York uh, at APAP last January. Uh, uh, I ran into him in the Hilton, and uh, sure was—I hadn't seen him in about six or seven years, and it was like I saw him the day before.
1: I, I actually—the last time I actually saw him in person was at the Western Arts Alliance conference, where he called me to meet him in the lobby, saying, "Chris, I have to go. Samantha's about to have my baby." Can I was you, just going to say the baby. <laughs> can you set up my booth and take it down for me? And I said, "Sure, I'll do. I'll do that." That is hilarious. But yeah, O'Seen is a, a wonderful guy. Um, but basically, he and Samantha did a show for us live um, via Zoom from um, from their home. Lego. Yeah, and it was uh, it was wonderful. Just they're just so entertaining. Those two.
0: It's funny you should say that because uh, I just sent off the itinerary for season two of Ireland and Michael. And Ushine doesn't know it, but there's a whole episode on Sligo, and I actually put his name in there because uh, he's going to be on it. He just doesn't know it, yet.
1: That's wonderful. I won't. I won't tell him. I'll let you. I'll let you. Know. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we're looking forward to this show. And what are your? I mean, now, now that we're hopefully coming out of this whole COVID thing, what what are your plans for the future? Uh,
0: you know, there's a few. There's a few things that. Because, I, you know, I li- as I said, I like a lot of the offstage stuff. So I like putting together projects. And certainly I've got two musicals that I'm going to be working on for the next uh, couple of years. Um, I'm doubling down on the TV show. So because I, I, um, I'm connecting with it and I'm enjoying it. I love highlighting young and new artists that uh, people in America in particular haven't seen before. And I think that's a, a real, that's an easy vehicle to kind of put together for these people. Um, and I, I i see that Ireland, with Michael, the, that, the live show being kind of key part of that. And I think that's going to be the next few years for me. Um, I, I've learned a lot from COVID, you know, like everybody else has, and um, uh, I'm going to try and not work as much. Which is not that easy for me. Yeah. So, but I, I, am. I'm going to maybe spend a bit more time at home in Ireland, and uh, and maybe a bit more time just me being a tourist on my own uh, without without uh, bringing my laptop or, or a film
1: crew. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a hard thing to do. I, when people talk about retirement, I'm like, I, I don't know what I would do. It's like,
0: I know. Yeah. Oh, I've no intention no intention of retiring. I'll work until I'm dead. I'm, I'm happy enough doing that. I have been kind of eyeing somewhere, uh, uh, I'm a permanent base somewhere in Europe, a little warmer than Ireland, but, but at least close to Ireland that I can be over in an hour, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things that the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation does besides present shows uh, now virtually, but also in person, is we like to mentor and, and introduce um, or help guide young artists who are coming up. One of the things I like to always ask on, on these podcasts is what words of wisdom do you have to any young performer who wants to sort of make their break?
0: There's a few things. Uh, I think it's very, there's a lot of obvious things that I think that's very easy to, to uh, say. Um, Uh, First of all, know who you are, know what you bring to the table, and be confident in that. Uh, I was certainly not and did not have an idea who I was as an artist until way later, and success came to me despite what I brought to the table, not because of what I brought to the table. And that's the way I learned uh, a little late. Uh, I do think that young artists now are better at doing this Uh, they're they're more um, confident and competent at an earlier uh, age uh, in their artistic life Um, I will also say and for me it's a big it's a big decider uh, on who I work with and that's just to be great to work with be fun be easy and be eager and be and want to grow from everything. Uh, when you start bringing other energy to that, nobody wants to, no, not only nobody, does anybody want to work with you, but they just don't want to be around you. So why would they be, why would they offer you opportunities? Um, time and time again, I come across these great talents who I, you know, give them opportunities. I'm delighted to do that. However, uh i think that a lot of not a lot there are artists who get who who let things that they create get in their own way um if you see opportunity jump at it do everything you can to, to to uh build from that opportunity show up early always and just be nice to work with it's i mean it's not rocket science yeah
1: I'm going back to your and be nice to work with. I always sort of tell people, look, you know, there are people out there who are equally as talented, if not more so than you are, who are really nice to be around. So make sure you are really nice to be around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually I, I know within like 30 seconds, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I love to be surprised. You know, <laughs> it's, Uh, I I love that and let me tell you if I see that if I see that combination of uh, talent and just being great being a good person I am going to throw everything I can at that person to move them forward and you know I have the same band for 15 years for a reason because that's what they bring and there have been one or two people along the way. Uh, in the crews that I've worked with or in with dancers that I've worked with that are, that I've seen stuff from and they simply are not asked the next time. I don't, you know, I don't create it. It's not a big deal. For me, it's not, but it's life-changing for some artists if they're trying to create that road. Sure.
1: Well, um, Michael, thank you so much for your time. I certainly do appreciate it. I, I, I would I one of these days I would love to uh, sit down and have a pint with you <laughs> but uh, until then until well, let me
0: tell you, uh, what I'd give to be in Torrance, California right now because we go out, we'd sit outside in the open air and drink a pint again. Guinness and uh, do you have a, a local Irish pub that you can go to to get a nice pint?
1: We do but you know I have to say and I wasn't going to, I actually wasn't going to say this but because I've had this <laughs> conversation with other I- Irish artists but why is it that Guinness is not as good in the states as it yeah. is in Ireland?
0: Uh, there's a hundred. I think there's a lot of reasons. A, the pub has to be pouring a lot of pints to make to keep those pi- uh, pipes clean, and um, uh, it makes a huge difference. Um, uh, we amazingly here in Ames, in Iowa, have one of the best Irish pubs in the Midwest. Uh, it's a beautiful pub called the Dublin Bay, and I'm not one for drinking Guinness here at home. I will drink my body weight in Guinness, you know, but here I, you know, I'll find, you know, I'll get a, I'm happier with a martini or something, but uh, this pub is actually not so bad. Um, I was filming there last week. I was doing some announcements for PBS and the very nice uh, person behind the bar brought me down a pint of Guinness. And I kind of politely took a drop, you know, I was like, here we go. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was, it was good. I was, I was surprised, but you're right. It's not the same as drinking in the mothership.
1: Well, and I always thought it was just me because I was a tourist when I was there and I enjoyed yeah. it. And oh, it no, like... no, no. It's
0: a different world. Also, you'll see how they pour them at home. They take great care. You know, it's, it's like raising a baby. It takes a while. There's a lot of love and, you know, it's also, there's also a sense of ceremony to getting the pint, I think, at home. Uh, I have a very favorite thing when I go on my I land. I, I go home to my parents and then the evening around seven o'clock, I'll go down into my local place, Lambert's Pub and Simon behind the bar, he doesn't say a word, he puts the pint on, I sit down, there's a five minute wait because it needs that time and he put it down in front of me and it's like in slow motion. It's like like
1: the crib at christmas it's gorgeous <laughs> yeah I, I i actually learned about the uh, pouring the perfect pint when i was there oh you did <laughs> there you i don't go. know yeah. if i've mastered oh, it, but it was, yeah well again thank you so much i certainly do appreciate it we're looking forward to the show and uh hopefully one of these days i'll get a chance to meet you in person
0: well i hope so maybe in the next western arts or something we'll our paths will cross
1: i look forward to it thank you so much
0: take care sir
1: thank you